0: This is Morning Breath, your drive-time devotion sure to jumpstart your day. Brought to you by East Coast Christian Center. Morning Breath starts now. All right, everybody. This is Pastor David here. Super excited about Going into the Bible with you today, reading a chapter, talking about God has breathed on our hearts. And as you guys know, the, the faithful listeners to the program, we read a chapter the night before coming to the studios in the Maryland location. And then we talk about God has breathed, or in Hebrew, that also means spirit, what God has breathed on our hearts. And we just, man, we take our next steps with Jesus. It's a super fun, super... A lot of things, experience that we like to do here. Getting in the word of God is just incredible. So that's what we do. Usually, it's Pastor Dan and myself, and we we talk about hunting and football and different stuff and the word of God. But today, I have a co-host. This co-host, and it's such a fitting chapter to have this co-host. It's a, it's a lady. She is one of our apprentices. She is on staff here at church. She is incredible. She's um she's the avenue administrator. She's actually by the time you hear this, we'll have dreadlocks in her hair. She is 23 years old. will have a new, fresh perspective of a different generation than myself and Pastor Dan. She is a Bible school, Bible college participant. She's getting her degree. She also has a degree from USF. Incredible young lady that the most important thing to say that defines her is that she truly loves Jesus. Hannah Siemens, how are you doing this morning? I'm
1: doing great, but those dreadlocks were supposed to be a surprise for the people, and you gave it away.
0: It is. You heard it here first. Oh, on morning man. breath. Yes, <laughs> so I tell you what. Tell everybody how they can plug into the show.
1: Well, we've got plenty of ways to plug in. You can check out our East Coast app which is super pop We also have eccc.us, yes, eccc.us, um along with many different social media accounts that we have that we're constantly active on just to reach you and let you know what's going on in our church community.
0: Sweet. So we got a bunch going on at the church as well, man. We, In case you didn't know, we're meeting in person again. You know, not everybody knows that we're meeting in oh, person yeah. again. We're taking precautions. You know, some of us are wearing masks. Masks are not a requirement, but we are social distancing. We've taken a lot into account for everybody's personal safety. So if you're like COVID, cautious and responsible on that level, so are we. We want to welcome you into a service, but you can also check out our services online. Follow us on social media. You want to see where our online um, the, the digital experience is. Go to our YouTube. You'll see the digital experience there. It's an amazing service. It's the same service for Sunday mornings that you'll get online. It's a great way to plug in. We got universities firing up here this week. Man, we got a Bible university here at the church. We got Freedom group's launching. We got a lot of stuff going on. Last cool thing I just want to mention real quick before Hannah starts reading in the 15th chapter of the Good Book of Mark is that Pastor Matt and Jessica on Mondays are doing something really cool. They're doing a video version of this show. And I love this because then you can actually pull this up on YouTube, put it on your TV at your home and watch Morning Breath just like it was a TV show. It's like it was The Office or Parks and Rec or whatever you watch. So you can do that. It'll be cool. Check out Mondays. Check out the video experience, and it's going to be really neat. So we have like 40-something verses. So what we're going to do is, Hannah, we're going to get you started here in a second, and then you read all the way to and through verse 23. So then at verse 23, you'll read it, and then I'll take over in verse 24. You got it.
1: But Jesus still made no reply, and Pilate was amazed. Now it was the custom at the festival to release a prisoner whom the people requested. A man called Barabbas was in prison with the insurrectionists who had committed murder in the uprising. The crowd came up and asked Pilate to do for them what he usually did. Do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? Asked Pilate, knowing it was out of self-interest that the chief priests had handed Jesus over to him. But the chief priests stirred up to the crowd to have Pilate release Barabbas instead. What shall I do then? With the one you call the king of the Jews, Pilate asked them. Crucify him, they shouted. Why? What crime has he committed? Asked Pilate. But they shouted all the louder, crucify him. Wanting to satisfy the crowd, Pilate released Barabbas to them. He had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. The soldiers led Jesus away into the palace, that is, A certain man from the Cyrene, Simon, the father of Alexander and Rufus, was passing by on on his way from the country, and they forced him to carry the cross. They brought Jesus to the place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull.
0: They offered him wine, drugged with myrrh, but he refused it. Then the soldiers nailed him to the cross. They divided his clothes and threw dice and decided who would get each piece. It was 9 o'clock in the morning when they crucified him. A sign announced the charge against him. It read, the king of the Jews. Two revolutionaries were crucified with him, one on his right hand and one on his left. The people passing by shouted abuses, shaking their heads in mockery. Ha, look at you now. They yelled at him. You said you were going to destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days. Well, then save yourself and come down from the cross. The leading priests and teachers of religious law also mocked Jesus. He saved others, they scoffed, but can't save himself. Let this Messiah, the King of Israel, come down from the cross so that we can see it and believe him. Even the men who were crucified with Jesus ridiculed him. At noon, darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. Then at the three o'clock, Jesus called out with a loud voice, "Eli, which means, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Some of the bystanders misunderstood the thought he was calling for the prophet Elijah. One of them ran and filled the sponge with sour wine, holding it up to him on a reed to stick it so he could drink. Wait, he said, let us see whether Elijah comes to take him down. And Jesus uttered another loud cry and breathed his last breath. And the, the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. When the Roman officer who stood facing him saw how he had died, he exclaimed, This man truly was the Son of God. Some women were there watching from a distance, including Mary Magdalene, Mary, mother of James, and the younger of Joseph, and, the, and Salome. They had followers of Jesus, had heard had cared for him while he was in Galilee. Many other women who had come with him to Jerusalem were also there. This all happened on Friday, the day of preparation, the day before Sabbath. As evening approached, Joseph of Arimathea took a risk and went to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Joseph was an honored member of the high council, and he was waiting for the kingdom of God to come. Pilate couldn't believe that Jesus was already dead, so he called for the Roman officers and asked If he died yet, the officers confirmed that Jesus was dead. So Pilate told Joseph he could have the body. Joseph bought a long sheet of linen cloth. Then he took Jesus' body down from the cross, wrapped it in the cloth, then laid it in a tomb that had been carved out of rock. Then he rolled a stone in front of the entrance. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, saw where Jesus' body was laid. Aww, man. Amen. So, man, this is so good, Hannah. We'll 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 see what jumped out to you here in a second. I've just got to get this off my chest. Reading this, looking at this, one thing I could not believe was that that religious mindsets, self-absorbed mindsets, pride-based mindsets will make you turn uh, a good person, an amazing person, the Son of God, like Jesus into something that it's not that the Pharisees were able to look at Jesus and say he saved so many other people why can't he save himself how broken how broken do you have to be to see somebody who has done good their whole life or the mountain that the, their life you have known them and to mock them over it and say, hey, the truth was they mocked him because they felt Jesus was taking something from them. They felt Jesus was taking their power away, felt it was taking their, their reputation away, felt like he was you know, winning the hearts of the people, which he was. And you know what? They hated him for that. And I want to challenge you today. Is there someone in your life, is there someone in your life that has really done you no personal wrong, but you're bitter towards them, that when you look at them, you're like, you know what? I wish Little Miss Goody Two Shoes would wind up, you know— X, Y, and Z, and you just wish that that guy at work would just get what's coming. And he's not a bad dude. Just, she's not a bad person. You know, we have to look at what pride does to us. Pride will take a good thing and want you wish ill on it. And I never want a heart where I'm wishing bad on somebody else. They were so far as to see a someone that healed thousands of people, and be like, "Well, let's see if he can save himself." Little do they know that he does save himself and all the rest of humanity. But in that moment, man, in that moment, be careful. A, a moment of pride, you let pride take the wheel. You let pride start driving, that emotion of pride start driving you. I promise you, you will make decisions that you don't want to make. And that's why Proverbs sixteen eighteen talks about uh, the Lord detests the haughty spirit and pride comes before a fall. And that's why I'm always like, wait, cool. Am I jealous? Yep, I'm jealous. But guess what? I'm not going to let my jealousy turn into envy and pride. I'm actually going to take a step back and allow the, the fruit of the Spirit. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to learn to clap for other people. One of the most powerful things you can do is learn to celebrate other people. Learn to understand this is, this is true. Other people are better than you. Not morally and righteously, but maybe it's singing. Maybe at preaching, maybe at racquetball. I don't know you, but maybe other people are better than you in areas. Learn to celebrate them. One of the most, the most, some of the most powerful people on this planet are encouragers. Allow yourself to become an encourager. It's the remedy for a pride-filled heart. What stood out to you today, Hannah?
1: <laughs> Pastor David, that was so good. It really does go against our human nature to be encouragers. So that is Pretty darn tricky because we were born as sinners. And so I thought it was interesting that Jesus was asked multiple times, are you the king of the Jews? Mm -hmm. And Jesus did not respond. He did not need to um, defend himself. He did not need to explain who he was. He knew that he was on a mission, and he is the creator of the entire universe. He knew that in that moment that he would be exchanged for the life of Barabbas, who is a terrible Sinner, like he committed so many crimes. And Jesus, being the creator of the universe, knowing all things, knew that his life would be exchanged for Barabbas. And Barabbas represents us, like all of humanity. We are all born sinners. And so in that moment, Jesus knew that the moment they accepted Barabbas, that was actually him sacrificing his entire life, everything that he knew he was called to, his mission on this earth, for us.
0: So good. That's so true. And it's like we have to remind ourselves once again, come into that spirit of pride again. It's like, don't walk through life thinking you Jesus when really at the root of it, you, you were Barabbas, you were Barabbas, mm-hmm. you were that person, you were you were the one that got set free that didn't deserve to get set free. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not talking holistically. I'm not talking like you just better grovel an uh, onward wayward Christian, you know, to, to a better day. You just keep your nose down now. Understanding who you were before Jesus helps you have clear perspective and humbleness when you understand who you are in Jesus. And it's because of Jesus. I like the part where, Inside this Roman centurion goes, uh, or excuse me, Pontius Pilate goes, "Um, is he dead? I'm surprised he's dead. Is he dead? Will someone go verify this for me? A lot of people that doubt in Christianity and they doubt um, a lot of stuff maybe about the faith is like of this Jesus story that we know we call the gospel. These Romans were the masters of death. The Rome at this time had made killing people an art form. And to the level of when 70 years in the future from this very moment, they would impale Christians on stakes and cover them in oil and use them for for streetlights. Okay, like Rome was very proud on how they conquered and killed. So when Pontius Pilate said, I want to verify that he's dead, and then the soldiers go, oh, no, 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 he's dead. He is dead. That is the confirmation right there. Jesus died, and when Jesus died, the entire sin Died with him. Sin's control over you died with Jesus. And when he, when he rises three days later from the grave, that is the greatest. Greatest miracle, greatest signs, greatest wonder, greatest everything that this world can ever know. That's why you have to understand the resurrection power of Jesus Christ, Mm -hmm. that he did not need you to stop cussing or drinking or smoking to beat sin and death. He beat sin and death so you can be freed from it, too. Outside of the Holy Spirit, his own nature himself of God, the Godhead, he needed no help. He didn't need—he wasn't like uh, Peter Pan and when Tinkerbell dies, keep keep clapping to bring the fairies back. He didn't have to have the audience clapping to bring him back. He did it independently of anything on this planet because he is the king of kings and lord of lords. And when it comes to anything you're struggling with in your life— you allow Jesus in and he will defeat that sin. He will conquer. And that's why he says, hey, those of you who are my true disciples, hold hold to my teachings because they are the truth and the truth shall, shall set you free. Important to know when it comes to Jesus. I love that, that we have a confirmation of his death. We also have a super confirmation of his resurrection and the empowering of the Holy Spirit coming down. Over four to 500 people for 40 days saw a living, breathing, walking Jesus when the very culture that made death an art declared him dead. Trust me, God is not dead. He is operating in your life today. He is calling your name. He loves you. He loves your family. He wants you to experience the goodness of God in the land of the living. That is our Jesus. What else stood out to you, Hannah?
1: Amen, amen. That was so good. Not many people recognized who Jesus was until that moment that he died on the cross. Because when he died on the cross, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from bottom to top, top to bottom, in two. That tearing of the veil symbolized his sacrifice and his shedding of his own blood. That was a sufficient atonement for all sins. All of us Barabbas out there. Every single one of us, we now have direct access to God. It's the holies of holies. It's open for all and Gentiles. We now can communicate directly with our God, with our Savior, and we can recognize who Jesus is and what he did for us.
0: Come on, we, we you know we get worried about, right? Like I always like parallel, there's a phase. You have the hyena phase of your Christianity. Like, what's the hyena phase, Pastor? Okay. Well, many of us have heard have seen the um the fabled tale called The Lion King. And when you see the hyenas, well, when they have to say Mufasa, what do they all doing? Probably everybody in the minivan right now is going, ooh, Mufasa, <laughs> right? Well, there comes a point in your time in your faith walk when you actually, as a believer, have to say the name of Jesus to somebody else and you get nervous. Or you have to say the expression, can I pray for you? And you know you're going to say, in the name of Jesus, and you're like, Ooh. you feel that like shaking your stomach. You feel that shaking your knees, and you go, like, oh. it's funny. And I tell people this: when I say the word potato, I don't ever feel that way. I'm never like, oh, potato, baked potato. Nope, nothing weird in my knees or my stomach, because there's something powerful about the name of Jesus, something more than this earth. And I want to encourage you today use that name of Jesus. That name is spiritual. It is the name above all names. If, if you're not living in the supernatural, then you're probably living too much in the superficial. And you need to cling to what God has for you. And it is a life powered by the Holy Spirit. But we get distracted and worried by what the crowd will think. Jesus wasn't swayed. <clears throat> Jesus wasn't swayed when they called for Barabbas. when They said, set him free. Well, what do you want to do to the guy that has healed people, all right? So he was a healer, set him free. Oh, no, 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 don't set him free. Well, was he not cool enough? Um, he was probably the coolest guy at the party. Why? Because he turned a whole lot of water into a whole lot of wine, all right? Was he not powerful enough? Well, that's funny because he calmed a storm. Well, was he not generous enough? That's funny because he felt, fed thousands of people twice. So where did he fall short in what we need as humans to validate him? He didn't fall short anywhere. The truth is, the crowd falls short. And Jesus didn't step away from who he was to do the right thing because of what the crowd had to say. Because the truth is, Jesus' love was deeper than what any crowd have to say. You're a husband, you're a father, you're a mother, you're a daughter in there. Your love for your family to experience Jesus has got to be deeper than what anybody thinks. It has to be deeper than, than the opinion of people that probably aren't that invested in your life. We have to step out on our love, not on our fear of other people's opinions.
1: Oh, man, that was so good. But I'm having a hard time moving past your comment in regards to comparing uh, potatoes to the name of Jesus. Um, But it got me thinking a little bit. We got to have faith like potatoes when you think about it, when you plant potatoes, you really don't know what's happening under the soil. You don't know what's growing. You can't see absolutely anything until you uproot them and see that you've got some, hopefully, hopefully they're sweet potatoes, not baked potatoes. I am actually, I actually
0: have planted sweet potatoes at my house, but keep going.
1: (laughs) But in that same way, even when you don't see God, he is working, he's doing incredible things. And so we really do have to have faith like potatoes, Pastor David. That was good it's a good
0: word. It is a good word. Thank you for tying that to me. Now I'm hungry. Now I do have a, f- a feeling in my stomach when I say the word potatoes. You're
1: welcome. And
0: um, just like you said, f- the faith that God's working is something we don't see. How cool is it that Simon was coming along, right, um, not Simon. Simon did carry the cross, which would help Jesus. But I'm actually talking about Joseph of Arimathea. That's actually all I'm talking about. Is that this man would come by. <clears throat> and it wasn't out of nowhere this guy would just come in with the devotion. Some people believe that either somebody within Jesus's walk and ministry um, was healed, like somehow impacted by Jesus. Maybe he himself, Joseph of Arimathea, was. Um, and... For him to make such a sacrifice, because you got to think, he would come in and negotiate with Pilate for Jesus's body. So Joseph of Arimathea was not a just a a peasant man. He was a well-established man, and it says here was an honored member of the high council. He was waiting for the kingdom of God to come. So he has become a, a believer, at least of the Jewish faith. And and so as Joseph moves in this direction, it would cost a lot to buy a tomb. It would cost a lot to buy this white linen that we would see jesus getting wrapped in but also not only did he have money but he also had influence and that influence you can tell was because it says that he put him in the tomb and then the stone was rolled that stone that went before jesus's tomb was massive it was a massive boulder that unless joseph was like i don't know Captain America or Thor, he was not rolling this thing by himself, that instead he had other men with him to help move this boulder in the way. He was using his monetary, his time, and his social influence to do the work of the gospel. Are you using your monetary, your time, and your social influence to do the work of the gospel? You know, for me, I don't want to just strike a check and have the feels for Jesus after that. I want to dedicate my time to serving at church. And also, I don't want to just serve at church and strike a check. I want people that know that if you go to my Instagram, you'll know that I'm a Jesus follower. If you go to my Facebook, you'll know that I love Jesus. That my whole life, I don't hide the Jesus that saved my life. That instead, it's who defines my life. It's how I live is my Jesus. And really, Joseph, it seems like he came to the party a day late and a dollar short to really experience God in his fullness. I actually feel that Joseph of Arimathea had incredible faith because he still demonstrated his faith whenever Jesus to him was dead. He said, no, this is how much I believe in the kingdom of heaven. Not just believe in the kingdom of heaven, but I believe that the kingdom of heaven is good. And I'm going to invest in it and I'm going to pour out for it and I'm going to sow into it and I'm going to sweat for it. Even when it seems bleak and dark, you might be somewhere right now and it seems bleak and dark in your life. God's saying anything you sow in and pour into him that he will blow your mind with what he can do. Could you imagine what Joseph of Arimathea was like when they're like, hey, yo, bro, you know that tomb you bought? Um, yeah, it's empty. Hey, you know those linens you got? Yeah, they still in there, but um, you wrapped Jesus. He was, probably was like, guys, I wrapped that man in that linen myself. So to have the linen and not have the Jesus, you know, I just pray he was one of those people that saw Jesus um, after the resurrection and was able to just have that mind blown of like, wow, you know, this is incredible. We need to walk in that eager expectation to experience Jesus and encounter him in every step and every day in our life because we're sowing our time, our money, and our social influence towards it. I'll tell you what, guys, we're going to take a minute break. When we get back, Hannah is going to drop the final thoughts out for us. See you guys in a moment. You are listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center, Merritt Island, Vieira
1: and Coco. For over
0: 30 years, C.B. Plumbing has been a family-owned and operated business that is dedicated and proud to serve the Brevard County community. C.B. Plumbing covers both drain and sewer line
1: cleaning for commercial and residential. C.B. Plumbing, for all your plumbing needs.
0: 321-783-6000. That's 321-783-6000. Customer satisfaction is their guarantee. This is Morning Morning morning. Morning. Breach. All right, everybody, we are back now. And um, I tell you what, um, opening up some of the final thoughts here, Hannah Seamus, what else kind of stood out to you a little bit?
1: You know, Pastor David, I found it was very interesting that Pilate asked Jesus, are you the king of the Jews? And it got me thinking. I think every single one of us needs to ask ourselves, is Jesus the king of our hearts?
0: Man, that's good. That's a good question we need to be asking ourselves because when Jesus becomes the king of our hearts, you know, it doesn't matter what's going on in the situation around us. We know what's going on inside of us. So If there's an area of your life where you're kind of struggling, where you know maybe Jesus is the king of your hearts Monday through Thursday, but come Friday night, you jump back on the throne and you jump back and calling the shots because you want to do different stuff, or maybe Jesus is, is calling the shots in your heart, but you have areas where you kind of keep it from the king or you kind of keep it from what, what God, you know, is doing. We have to understand, like the potatoes, like Joseph of Arimathea, we have to realize that God is doing something bigger than the moment and that he is the king of kings. So we have to trust the process he has us on. If you want to know that you're in God's will, make sure you're obeying God's ways. That's where the blessing lies. So many people look at Jesus and it's their faith. It's their faith in Jesus is what gets you salvation and gets you moving forward and gets you through this whole world. But your faith to Jesus is where you find the blessing. And you see that in this chapter. The faith to Jesus is where you see people experience breakthrough, even in these dark times. I want to encourage you guys, man, have that faith to Jesus. Thank you, Hannah. You did an incredible job today. I love doing the show with you. That's it for us today, guys.
1: Have a blessed day. Love you all. Thank you for listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center. We hope to see you at one of our
0: locations this weekend. For additional information, such as service times, events, and more, please visit us at eccc.us. Thanks, and we hope you have a blessed day.